This is London Calling. London Calling. A central responsibility for any government is to do what's necessary for economic stability. This is vital for businesses making long-term investment decisions and for families concerned about their jobs, their mortgages and the cost of living. No government can control markets, but every government can give certainty about the sustainability of public finances. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, what's been happening in your world? Well, it's my birthday today, James. Um, oh, happy birthday, Toby. <laughs> Thank you. The big 6-0? No, not the big 6-0. <laughs> but almost, actually. It's quite, it's it, quite close, it, isn't it? It is. It is alarmingly close, yes. Um, yeah, I'm about to enter my seventh decade, but not yet. Not for, not for some time yet. So, but, uh, Tobes, 60 is the new 40, unless you've had the COVID jab, in which case it's the new 90. <laughs> Well, in that case, I'll be I'll be forty quite soon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, thought I'd drop that in just in case any um, London calling listeners want to um, wish me happy birthday. Not literally, um, but you in, get. In I their tell heads. you what, Tobes, you get showered with so many shooting invitations. I I kind of want to throw up actually. <laughs> I do. You know, why I, not why do many. they like you? Um, I don't get, I see, I've got, I've got, so how many have I got? I've got like, I've got, um, I've got like three, three days in total. No, four days in total. Yeah, but you had a grass shoot, which counts as like 10. Okay. (laughs) I think a grass shoot is equal to 10 pheasant shoots. I mean, you know, actually I'm, I'm torn because on the one hand, obviously I like a day out shooting. On the other hand, it does upset me, um, the birds dying. Right. Um, I don't know why. I just, just you know, I mean, obviously one has to do it because um, that's what guns are for. But, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, you, you're a sort of ice cold killer, aren't you? You just don't care. Well, I, I prefer to, you know, um, kill them stone dead rather than wound them. That that does. Oh, yeah, well, dream on that... <laughs> in your case. <laughs> That always slightly upsets me. Um, that is uh, that is apparently the people the reason why people give up shooting. They say, "Well, I'm not shooting accurately anymore, and I can't be. You know, if I'm only winging them, I, I don't want to take part anymore." Right, right. Um, but I, I, which, I, which, I, which is why fox hunting is better because because you know you, you have no no role in the death of the fox. It's it's up to the hands. It's yeah. not not up to you. Well, I, I seem to be. No, I, I don't seem to be getting any less accurate. I mean, I'm I'm such a novice that. Um, uh, you know, I think I, I think I, I haven't. You know, I, I'm getting more accurate as I as I as I get a little bit more experience. But no doubt, the time will will come when the tables begin to turn. But I'm I'm more interested in what do people see in you? What do, do they do they think that you're going to be? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have a degree of amusing something. About I think you, it's but, but I think it's pity. I think I think pity. Yeah, I think because I was sort of, I think because I was publicly cancelled in 2018, yeah. um, people felt a bit sorry for me. Um, and thought, well, I'm not going to cancel him. I'll have him to my shoot. Um, and and I think perhaps more recently with the PayPal thing, people people thought, uh, you know, that's wrong. And they you were, did milk that. You, that that <laughs> was probably yeah, as you say, it's probably worth about five five invites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I didn't. I didn't milk it with a view to getting invited. Uh, no, of course, shooting, of course but... no. I know you're not cynical, Ted. You're not. You're not. By the way, I wanted to congratulate you on. Uh, you do occasionally run some really sound pieces at um at lockdown oh, the, skeptics the or daily, whatever the, it's called the daily skeptic yeah 
Daily, Daily Skeptic. And I thought that I was glad you ran that piece by Simon Elmer, who I think is one of the heroes of who's emerged from the do they emerge from woodwork not really but well he's he's appeared from nowhere i mean I, I i'd certainly never heard of simon elman and he i, I think he he's blogs under architects for social housing which which doesn't mm. sort of um make you go oh i must read that but he's been absolutely bang on about the the truth about the you know, the, the 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 real purpose of the of of the lockdowns and the pandemic and and all the the other things which I would argue were engineered. Yes, so would he. No, he, well, he, he's he's um, he's very good on the way in which um, it's been, or the pandemic has been um, exploited by those who want to push forward the biosecurity state and the kind of agenda associated with that. Yeah, um, he's actually written a book about it, and he's looking for a publisher. So, if any publishers are listening to this podcast, do get in touch. Have- um, James, just, hold, hold, seen... on, hold on, James. If they if they if they're interested in publishing Simon's book, which as I say has been written, then email me at lockdownskeptics at gmail dot com. That's skeptics with a C. Lockdownskeptics at gmail dot com, and I can put you in touch with Simon. I was going to say, James, have you not noticed what's happened to publishing since the days when when we used to get our, our first books published? It is it is the, the, I mean Simon Simon Elmer has not a, a cat in hell's chance of, of having any mainstream <laughs> publisher picking up his book because it's against the narrative. I mean, for one thing, I, I, I think he's white and male. For, for another, you know, I mean, in every single way, his book is exactly what the publishing industry is not looking for because all it wants to do is reinforce the, the woke agenda. It's, it's just like, I, 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 I bumped into some publisher who'd, who'd published me um, a few years ago and I just thought, um, the other day at a party, and I, I just thought, how can you, how can you go to work anymore? You, you're, you're surrounded by people who are not interested in, in, the, who never ask the question, what's the most interesting book we can publish? What's, what, what's the public got an appetite for? It's, what more woke shite can we, can we inflict on them? That, that's all publishing is about these days. Yeah, it is like working for the Ministry of Truth, isn't it? It's like they've, it they've gone from being, you know facilitators of freedom of expression to propagandists and it's been a quite it it was sort of a gradual process and then became quite a sudden process and now the transformation is largely complete but there are lots of independent small publishers out there and the homogeneity of mainstream publishers creates a market opportunity for those small independent publishers uh, i wasn't thinking that someone from penguin random house would be <laughs> no no okay <laughs> but there are lots of small publishers out there um who 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 i think are, are discovering you know that there is an appetite uh, amongst people like listeners to london calling for books like this uh which the mainstream media isn't serving if ever i, I publish a book again what i want it to be is on that really 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 expensive paper that feels all textured and um you know when you vellum um, well no, no not vellum actually that would be good that would be good because yeah the vegans would boycott it yeah, yeah vellum <laughs> written uh, inscribed by monks <laughs> with, with with illumination that would be good wouldn't it yeah that would be good um be uh, quite expensive listen the other the other bit of news i wanted to tell you um is that i had a i had a bicycle accident last week uh last wednesday i was coming back from my friend Cosmo Landisman's book party um, which was in um, East London and uh, on a line bike heading to Liverpool Street Station and you know that you know in 
I don't know if you cycle very much in town these days, but I try um, to avoid it. They've they've got they've it, it, there are bicycle lanes everywhere, um, and uh, I mean that's where traffic almost doesn't move in London anymore. You know, every yeah. bicycles get complete priority, and and you know roads have literally been divided into two, and one half has been hived off for cyclists. Which, if you're a cyclist, is great, but if you're a motorist, is an absolute disaster, and that's obviously the intention. Um, but but often these bicycle lanes are created by putting a kind of pavement like ridge you know like a kind of a a, a row of bricks uh, to separate the cycle lane from the motorist lane and yeah. um and, and and not always but sometimes um and uh, and i was trying to turn into the cycle lane and hadn't spotted because it was quite dark it was about midnight that there was one of these kind of ridges and so i just went slap bang into the ridge came off the bike face plant into the cycle lane um and uh i was so so annoying it's the i think it's the fourth cycling accident i've had um in london um but this one at least didn't require stitches but i i i my head was you know um bleeding profusely and my knuckles weirdly were bleeding so it looked like i'd been in some fight and yeah all these people coming up to me on the tube on the way home slightly drunk people saying oh did you get into a fight mate and i was like no no yeah you did yeah you did look at your knuckles and, yeah, you uh, were talking about it on London Calling last week. You were talking about threatening to fight the people at the conference. <laughs> yeah, I'm a London Calling yeah. listener. Team James, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I'm torn here, Tabs. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly envious that you've picked an even more dangerous pastime than, than hunting. Um, <laughs> I think it probably is. At the same time, I think it's quite good that cyclists should be chastened. Um, by God, by, they should be punished for their for being so bloody annoying. And it sounds like that was that was a, a good example of this. Yeah, I, no, uh, cyclists uh, are are a, a menace, and they shouldn't be encouraged. It's funny. All. I mean, it's like I mean, the it's, ones on yeah. the roads on, in, in the country roads. They drive me nuts. The ones that drive that that, that go sort of three abreast. It's like you know, well, we're doing this for, for our own safety, and you better just suck yeah. it up, driver behind yeah. us, fuming. Yeah. And did you see? I think yeah. the the highway code was changed. Um, I wrote yes. about it in the Spectator. I think it was earlier this year, um, whereby cyclists now have absolute right of way. Um, uh, so if they want to drive at three abreast on a country lane, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. That yes, that's their right. I'm sure that 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 was. You know how things that seem to be innocently leaked on the on the internet on social media etc are actually part of a planned campaign. And you remember that that video that emerged of a um a car overtaking a cyclist and the cyclist um wobbled and and and, and collapsed and then there was the police issued a message saying and we are we are going to prosecute this driver for dangerous driving. And it was very very clear that the, all the driver had done was overtake this 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 cycle, and the cyclist was absolutely a complete useless git, and just shouldn't have been on the road in the first place. And and they they collapsed because they were a wet fart, not because the the, the the car had endangered them. And that was the signal that you as a motorist have no rights, even when you're in the right. That that some some wobbly idiot on a bike takes precedence over your right to just drive drive normally mm. on the road. Mm. That it, it, it's it's all around us. Yeah, and and it's it's odd, isn't it? I mean, it's like um, they've they've um, cyclists have become the zills of you know the contemporary West. You know, the same yes, way that if, if if you if you drove a zill 
in um, the Soviet Union, you could drive in what were called zill lanes. So whilst everyone around you was stuck in traffic, you kind of cruised in this traffic-free lane reserved for kind of Communist Party officials. Um, uh, and that's what cyclists are. They're essentially the zill drivers of, um, of, of the West. Yes, yes, they are. It's um, and th- this is only going in one direction. We're never getting it back. We're never getting our, we're g- never getting our freedoms back. I mean, they're about to, well, twenty thirty, aren't they? They're, they're, they're planning on confiscating all our petrol cars from us. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if let's let's suppose the next government is a Labour government that they bring that forward. They could accelerate that to twenty twenty five. I can easily imagine that. Well, it'll make no difference. Though. I mean, you you look at what they're offering us now. That uh, I mean, I know you love to talk about politics. So I'm going to I'm going to indulge you slightly. Um, Jeremy Hunt. I mean, he'll mean he'll mean nothing to America. I wonder what the American equivalent of Jeremy Hunt is. The 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 man who's our new chancellor. Of well, the Exchequer, to, to give Americans some sense of who Jeremy Hunt is, um, his Rhyming slang. His surname is frequently mispronounced, even by you know very respectable BBC. Um, presenters um, it, it's just like a Freudian slip that an unusually large number of people make um, when when introducing Jeremy Hunt um, yes, so yeah that might give do. you a sense of the general regard in which he's held I mean I I think he's he's I think he's mind control I, I you, you look at those eyes and there is nothing behind them I think he is part of some kind of sinister mind control. He's like a Stepford husband. He, he's possibly, you know, he's, he's got this Chinese wife um, who I think is quite well connected with the Chinese Communist Party. Well, you know, how did that happen? And uh, there's a lot of this in America as well, isn't there? A lot, lot, lot of senators and, and, um, and um, people in the House of Representatives have, have married to, myster- punched above their weight with mysteriously um, much more attractive, younger uh, Chinese wives, which like, they acquired. Well, Rupert Murdoch was something of a, of a, a trailblazer in this respect. Yes. Wasn't um, yeah, I, I think we should probably be careful before accusing Mrs. Jeremy Hunt of being a Chinese no, I'm just, spy. No, I'm just pointing out um, you know, that she does seem to have connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, um, we're slightly jumping the gun. We haven't talked about how Jeremy Hunt became installed as our de facto prime minister. Should we get onto that in a second? But should we hear from from one of our sponsors first? Do yes. You, what, what, did you get the? Shall I do it, or do you want to do it? Uh, uh, no, I've, I've got it. It's, we've got from, from Thor. Okay. Letter to a London. Good old Thor. We love Thor. Letter to a London caller. Dear London caller. I've met so many positive people since sponsoring this show, and I'd like your advice, please. The London Callers Coffee Club. This will be a business mastermind group to focus on what we still can do. After all, there are still deals to be done and business missions to deliver on, even in these crazy days. In my experience, doing business has been a lonely place for free thinkers since 2016. There's been a regrettable, if understandable, lack of individuals able to speak their mind on many issues, from Brexit to climate, Trump, ESG, or indeed whatever diversity gruel of the day they serve up. To be fair, coming out as a free thinker in the boardroom can now be as risky as an academic donning he-his 
red MAGA cap and heading on down to campus. This is where the London Caller Coffee Club comes in, a private, members-only business mastermind group with online and in-person options. Our mission, to positively impact each other's enterprises and stay sane together. We have guest speakers, opportunity and challenge brainstorming, business networking and face-to-face meetups. To hear more and to make your suggestions, connect linkedin.com in forward slash Thorholt or send a telegram at Thor underscore Holt. Sincerely, thank you for listening to London Calling, says Thor. Thank you, Thor. Thank you, Thor. Um, so um, just to, I think we slightly jumped the gun there because some of our American listeners anyway won't know what's happened um, over the past seven days. But um, so um, uh, Liz Truss um, issued a mini budget a couple of weeks ago um, or rather, her, her chancellor, as he then was, Quasi Kwarteng, um, issued a mini budget um, in which um, he uh, se- seemingly the, the gilt markets and the uh, reacted badly. Um, the currency markets reacted badly. Um, interest rates on um, gilts, uh, British loans started to increase. And um, uh, the pound started to plummet against the dollar. And this was blamed on the mini budget um, because they were going to cut taxes, but not cut public expenditure, amongst other things, and didn't seem to have a plan for growth, um, at least not one that the markets understood. And the Office for Budget Responsibility hadn't been consulted. So they were, quote unquote, flying blind. Anyway, for a variety of reasons, um, whether sound or not, um, uh, the bond markets rejected the mini budget and so did the currency markets. And um, uh, Liz Truss and her chancellor tried to kind of trim. Uh, various U-turns were announced to try and calm the markets. The Bank of England intervened um, and um, uh, it didn't seem to really work. Um, so uh, uh, last week, I think it was on Friday, um, Quasi Kwarteng, um, her chancellor, who, you know, uh, is completely hugger-mugger with Liz Truss. Um, and they didn't, you didn't seem to be able to get a cigarette paper between them when it came to their, the government's economic strategy. Um, he was made the scapegoat and fired on Friday. He was in, in America. He seemed to be breaking that old Fleet Street rule, which is, you know, never go on holiday, because when you go on holiday, that's when you get sacked. And he went, he didn't go on holiday. I mean, it, he, he, he was, he went there to kind of try and explain the mini budget to, you know, uh, the American, American investors. Um, uh, and he was on a sort of, but anyway, um, it, whilst he was there, he was effectively fired. And he, he was told to come back early so he could be fired in person by the Prime Minister. And he was replaced by um, Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt is um, a former health secretary, um, and uh, he was uh, came second in the 2019 um, Conservative leadership election, second to Boris Johnson, and he entered the most recent Conservative leadership election earlier this year, but didn't get anywhere. Um, and um, uh, but nonetheless, he it was decided that he would be the safe pair of hands that would replace Quasi Kwarteng to reassure the markets. And um, uh, but um, it, 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 I think I think it, it did it did it did push me a millimeter closer to Team James. Um, not that I've become Team James, but it did feel like a kind of coup carried out by the deep state because who, it was a coup who that's re- exactly what happened but but uh, i think i think um i think it i think it was i think 
you know, the, 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 insofar as it was a coup, it was a coup carried out by the bond markets um, who decided that they didn't like um, this libertarian economic policy. Uh, they didn't like the idea of um, our top rate of income tax being cut to what it was, you know, before 2010. Not exactly kind of uh, libertarian extremism, but there it is. They didn't like the idea of the lowest rate of tax being cut by one 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 p um, they didn't like the idea of uh, the corporation tax i mean there's a corporation tax rise from i think 19% to 25% which is kind of baked in and all all the mini budget was doing was going to say well no we're not going to cut we're not we're not going to increase corporation tax so you know it, it, it didn't seem that radical you know an agenda but it was presented as this kind of ideological extremism jeremy liz trust was liz trust was the jeremy corbyn of the conservative party and it embraced this kind of completely extremist libertarian agenda which had spooked the markets but anyway um uh, uh but but it, it does it it does seem odd that we've ended up with um, Jeremy Hunt. And not only is he Chancellor of the Exchequer, but he's been widely described as the de facto Prime Minister because Liz Truss's days are now thought to be numbered. How long can she really cling on, having abandoned her entire economic strategy and just done a number of U-turns, sacked her closest political ally, installed Jeremy Hunt in his place, who can now do more or less whatever he likes because she can't possibly sack him. Um, uh, and, 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 and for those who don't know Jeremy Hunt, um, he, was, he was on the kind of zero COVID wing um, of the uh, lockdown debate, um, uh, he, 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 he he was he was an absolute lockdown zealot, and after that, a vaccine zealot, and he was chair of the House of Commons Health Select Committee, which produced this joint report. Um, I think it was late last year, concluding that the what the government had done wrong in response to the pandemic was not locked down earlier and harder. Um, uh, yes, uh, so which he. Is- he yeah, and he has he has sort of he has um, rode back on 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 that approach uh, during the conservative leadership election. He said that um, he was no longer a zero COVID fanatic, um, uh, uh, but 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 um, uh, clearly, you know, if you if you if you if you're conspiratorially minded, it looks as though um, a a a conservative prime minister has been completely neutered by a centrist globalist covid zealot um uh uh uh, after a number of machinations have gone on in the background and it looks like um you know the will of the conservative party members who effectively elected liz truss um has been completely disregarded and now the parliamentary conservative party or at least the kind of um uh the the lead the leaders of the Parliamentary Conservative Party are now talking about installing a successor to Liz Truss without consulting the members. So it does feel like, you know, uh, 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 an undemocratic coup to uh, replace the person whom the members of the party chose with someone of their own choosing who's much less radical and, um, you know, will reject her her conservative agenda in favour of something much more centrist. Yes, Given, isn't it isn't it um, extraordinary that um, that that Jeremy Jeremy rhyming slang Hunt's position on on lockdowns and stuff was was remarkably similar 
to the Chinese <laughs> Communist Party, which I'm sure has got nothing to do with his wife, who's 11 years well, younger than him. I think, um, it, and, it, and it, is is and who often Chinese and, and who often born in China and who often appears on Chinese state TV. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, but, but, you, but, but, which obviously anyone can. I mean, you don't have to be a member of the Chinese Communist Party, a, a senior apparatchik, to appear on Chinese Chinese TV all the time, do you? No, well, that, that's. By the way, Tibbs, but you, hold on, James. What? Just one thing. I think. Um, there were plenty of people who embraced the zero COVID agenda. I mean, virtually the whole of the Labour Party um, without... Oh, yeah, you don't have to not, have a Chinese you Communist you Party wife. You it just helps. You, you don't have to. I mean, that's not proof that, that, that she is, in fact, a communist agent. Um, well, we, we don't know. But, but no, we're not, we're not saying she is, because obviously we can't, we can't demonstrate it here. The, the, um, uh, your point about the bond markets as though look tapes come on get real it's it, it, have you ever met a bond trader bond traders do do, do not there sit there thinking oh i'm going to protest against uh, britain's britain's dangerously free market policy that that you, you've got to accept that that it's not the bond traders, the, or even indeed the bond markets, which decided that they didn't like Liz Truss's thing. This is this is orchestrated. This is deliberate. I had this argument with with one of my offspring the other day, who are much more, unfortunately, disgracefully. It's a it's a. I mean, I don't know what I did wrong bringing them up, but they're much more, way more Team Toby than they are Team James. All my sodding children, actually, no, one of them isn't. One of them's Team James, um, but. They, I, they were berating me for saying that, like, how annoyed I was that um, that Quasi Kwarteng had been ousted and replaced by Jeremy Hunt. And they said, "See, it just shows you you that, that your your cynical attitude that it doesn't matter who you vote for, um, you know, you'll always get the same result. Um, you know, you've been proved wrong here because Hunt is obviously much more worse than much worse than than Kwarteng. And I had to explain to them, look, the point is that that. Kwarteng has been ousted. So actually what it does is it proves my point that anyone uh, who, who even pretends to espouse the kind of views that one might like to be see represented in at cabinet level, they don't stand a chance because the system won't allow it. It's 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 all it's all planned. They're, they're all just puppets. They're oh, but, just yeah, but, moved around a chessboard. But, but the, you've slightly you've slightly changed your tune from last week. Last week you thought that um, that quasi Kwarteng was a kind of puppet of what are you, no, he, the deep no, state I, I, um, I am and, totally... and, and that the various u-turns that had been made to try and shore up his and liz's position no, were all planned uh, too whereas now you're saying ah he wasn't a creature of the deep state and that's no, no, why no, he's no, been no. replaced don't misrepresent me i'm saying that we had a choice between a festering dog turd and a diarrhea dog turd that's the that it's not that i was thinking oh all hail the savior i'm saying that yes that that whoever that, that it doesn't matter who you elect because they're all going to turn out bad one way or another. But definitely there are some people who are obviously worse than others. I mean, Jeremy Hunt is clearly really, 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 really bad. Whereas Quasi Quarteng was just really, really, really bad. It's that that's all I'm talking about. I'm not saying that we can we can have our knights go into the lists and 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 champion free market conservatism and they could emerge triumphant. My case is that they never will. And anyway, even the even the noble knights that we might think of as being a good thing are actually uh, underneath their their armor are just actually morally corrupt and useless as well. 
So uh, like, I'm, I'm not, not backtracking on my position. Well, it- I was just m- trying to make an observation within my family household where I was trying to be able to talk about politics on their terms, even though I don't believe that, that, that in, in their terms anymore. I was trying to be sociable. Um, right. But, uh, but, uh, that's the deal. Uh, uh, when, when we spoke last week about this, it sounded like you, uh, ev- even though the government was in turmoil um, and... Um, quasi Quartang looked vulnerable um you were suggesting that all the things that had happened um yeah. which seemed to me to be evidence of just chaos and cock-up um you thought reflected an underlying plan whereas yes. whereas it seems less like that this week because no that is can- absolutely remains my position that all this was organised. Quasi and Liz can't possibly have been complicit in this plan because they've effectively was- torched their political careers they were manoeuvred into that position i'm not i'm saying they have no autonomy you still believe in that i i do not i don't believe any politician at that level has any kind of autonomy not at all yeah well i think they are just they are just ciphers we do disagree about that yeah Um, yeah of course of course you do but you but you will come around to my position one day when it all kicks off well um uh but i i mean are you suggesting that 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 the bond markets that some there is a sort of um, cabal in the background? Yes, I'm controlling saying everything the is the gold market is incredibly to. rigged. The bond market is rigged. Everything is rigged. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I think I think it's at least I mean I think I think it, it seems to me that the bond market's um, negative reaction to the mini budget could have occurred organically. I mean, you know, they they could have thought, well, how likely is it that Britain will be able to repay all the money it's borrowing? It's just announced it's going to borrow potentially 200 billion more in order to subsidise everyone's energy bills over the next 12 months. Um, Instead of um, saying where this money is going to come from um, by raising taxes or cutting public expenditure, it hasn't said it's going to cut expenditure. All it said is it's going to to cut taxes. We don't know um, uh, what the plan is for being able to repay all this additional money it's going to borrow because none of this has been reviewed by the OBR. Um, There was no pitch rolling, so we don't really understand what the kind of rationale is or how they expect to repay all this money they're going to borrow. So we've now lost confidence in the British government's ability. There's always a normal explanation, Tobes. That that, that doesn't seem to be completely in a completely incredible explanation of why the bond markets could have organically decided... All you're doing is relaying to me the version of events that was was given to us in the media, which 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 was very selective in its reporting on 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 things. It it wasn't just about sterling. It was about it was about dollar strength. It was about all sorts of other stuff, which got brushed to the side because they had a narrative that they wanted to push, and the narrative was, "Oh, look at this! Look at this free marketeer, useless new prime minister Liz Truss and her her crazy chancellor Quasi Kwarteng. That they they're completely out." Of control and this this was entirely the narrative in the media in the conservative media and the and the supposedly left-wing media they're all the same they're all part of the same problem and and i i just didn't buy it it's, it was just partial their reporting on it well that's true um but i i think it was um partly because um lots of the people reporting on it you know in the financial press in particular um but in 
papers like the Financial Times in organisations like the BBC. They're working for the WEF. Well, no, they all think Brexit was a disaster uh, and they hated Boris and they don't like Liz because she seems like she's kind of continuity Boris. So um, they saw this as an opportunity to just discredit the kind of whole populist agenda um and i think i think that's their kind of insofar as there is a kind of you know um uh, an element of calculation here um in in the reporting um and making things look much much worse and making their policies look much more extreme than they really are and even andrew bailey at the bank of england seemed to say things when the mini budget was first unveiled that spooked the markets and seemed to contribute to the crisis in the bond markets and in the currency markets um you know i think i think semi-consciously they see oh they see an opportunity here to discredit an agenda they kind of passionately disapprove of um but i don't think it, i don't think it's anything more than that that uh, that, that you do that, but that, you just that, won't admit it no, because, I, I because that would be to, <laughs> to abandon team tobes basically you know you've still yeah. got to show faith in in the the, the, the corrupt beyond measure mainstream media that, that it's all useless and anyone who reads it is just living in a world of illusion shall yeah. we um shall we shall we move on to another topic and then go to our next sponsor before getting to culture corner i have to go in about 10 minutes because i've got a, okay. another call um but um one thing i i don't know if you've been what, what what else have um what else have you been following this week james what else has been has grabbed your attention the highlight of my week was going to um, see Alexander Waugh and, and hearing about his theories about, about um, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. And why it is that, that, that the man from Stratford did not write Shakespeare's plays. It was basically the Earl of Oxford. And you, you, you can, I'm, I'm going to get him on my podcast sometime, but, but you can find his, his theories on the internet and it is very, very compelling. Uh, it involves all sorts of all sorts of things, including kind of codes devised by by John Dee, the um, you know the, the the magician who worked for um, Queen Elizabeth and sort of looked into his scrying glass and stuff. And they were all obsessed with 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 codes and numbers and things like that. And and, and various clues were left as as the real identity of Shakespeare, which was not this um, unlettered man from Stratford on Avon. It was uh, it was a toff, wasn't it? I've, 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 this theory has been around for a long time. Um, I remember yes. um, uh, when we were at Oxford, you know, it was um, it was floating around, uh, and some people subscribed to it. Um, but um, I've always been slightly suspicious, and my suspicion is is that um, it's almost as if people cannot cope with the idea that someone from quite an ordinary background. Um, should yeah. be our greatest living playwright and sorry our greatest historically our greatest playwright and poet and so they 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 they've kind of um instead they've 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 decided that it must he must be an aristocrat because yeah that's that's the best be. they've got feels, that's feels, that's their best shot and they haven't they haven't come up with a better argument since you're you, you're what you're doing is regurgitating the levisite line right which is because leave Le, fr levis went to a went to a grammar school and was very much a champion of the, the, the there was a strain in in english literary, literary crit, criticism and so on which of which he was uh, you know the, the leading light and this this is their line that that oh you're such a snob that that how how could you know what about this man's imagination do, 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 
the, the theory that that he could only have invented talked about this stuff if if he were well travelled and well educated is just pure snobbery. Actually, a, a working class class boy made good could have written the works of Shakespeare. Well, no one's denying the theoretical possibility, but actually, the 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 evidence shows otherwise. That it, it was definitely written by by the Earl of Oxford. And, uh, has, has, has Alexander written a book about this? Um, I don't. I think he's working on one. Okay. Um, but he but he hasn't hasn't written it yet. Okay. No, it's his 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 line is very scholarly and and it's and it's utterly fascinating. I mean, you're right. I, I when I was studying Shakespeare, um, it it really didn't matter who wrote it because you were looking at the text and you were looking at the you know you didn't need to know mm-hmm. whether it was a, a toff or a literate from Stratford that, that wrote this stuff. But but now I, I I am interested. I think it's a it's a really it's a cracking yarn. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so let's hear from our our final sponsor this week yeah and then let's move on to culture corner because i i gather you've taken up one of my book recommendations which is um very pleasing but we'll get to that in a second oh yes thanks to big tech we're all under a constant barrage of communication when you're not being messaged pinged or dm'd you're being inboxed or at it through the actual letterbox nothing but bills direct mail and fast food leaflets if you miss the joy of sending and receiving real letters then you need e-snail. If you like the idea of a typed airmail letter that lets you choose fonts, add photos, and then arrives in a quarter of the usual time, you'll love e-snail. Head to esnail.com, type or paste in your 800-odd word missive, add the address, and press send. e-snail then prints, folds, securely seals, and stamps the letter at the closest e-snail hub to its destination. Esnail print and post daily from hubs in the UK, the US, India and Australia to anywhere in the world with a physical address. Cost and delivery time depends on the destination. An Esnail letter sent from Mexico City to Hammersmith, from Hong Kong to rural Northamptonshire or to Granny down the road costs less than £3 or less than $3.50 and arrives in two days. London calling listeners and all special friends get their first three Esnail letters free. Use the promo code LONDON at e-snail.com. Get on the right side of the argument. Join the letter revolution at esnail.com. That's e-snail.com today. So James, um, tell me about this book you've, you've started reading. Well, I hope I got the right one. I, I, I picked The Way We Live Now by Trollope, read yes. by, by um, Timothy West. Yes. I, and it was good. Okay, good. And uh, you're, you're, so you're listening to it. You're well, obviously, it. I like the fact that one of the, the key priorities of all the young men of the day is to secure a decent hunter for the next day's <laughs> hunting. Yes. <laughs> Much concern about, about that. Yeah. And even though it's set in 1870, it just rings so true. It is unbelievably world, contemporary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the character of this mysterious Frenchman, Melmot. Augustus Melmot, yeah. Extremely, extremely dodgy. Um, and, but, but everyone sucks up to him because he's got loads and loads of money. Yeah, yeah. And, it would be the uh, same today, wouldn't it? It would. Oh, it is the same today. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is the same is, today, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it describes a kind of a society which has essentially been corrupted by worship of mammon um so yeah very contemporary um okay good and um so i i've i i've um i finished um i finished rings of power i i Have actually, i've actually seen all eight episodes you should get a medal for that tobes i mean did, I, yeah. did you not did your toes not 
curl uh, a lot. You know, so I know your, your I, bottom lot get very sore. I, there were moments when it almost lost me, and I felt that the kind of um, distance between Tolkien's original, you know, um, beliefs, values, philosophy, and what was being promoted in this very expensive television adaptation of the prequel to Lord of the Rings. I thought the disconnect is so great, you know, trying to yoke a woke agenda to what is essentially a kind of Christian conservative writer's philosophy is just so it's becoming so it's it's, it's so difficult to bear but in the end I actually quite liked it um uh, and it, it didn't I didn't I don't think it strayed I mean it definitely strayed beyond just colorblind casting into kind of woke territory but I don't think it strayed so far that it became unbearable and um I think I'm sufficiently hooked in now to to watch was there, know, was there, were there any good eight. battles there was one in in yeah the, the whole thing kind of explodes into life I think in I think in episode six, it could be episode five, uh, in which you actually do so. There's a proper cavalry charge and a major battle between humans, elves, and orcs. Um, uh, so that, so that, yeah, there, there was one major battle scene, and um, and there were a couple of interesting twists actually in episode eight. A couple of things I didn't see coming, so that that's unusual. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I think I think I, I think I liked it well enough to, to to continue with it i haven't yet seen the finale of house of the dragon um that awaits me i think that came out today did it anyway um yeah i'm gonna watch that later birthday treat um anyway so yeah finish but that, that, that'll mean that i'm looking around for new stuff to watch because i'll have finished rings of power and finished house of the dragon at least for the time being um, and have you finished the, the old man yet no, well, the old man I can't finish because um, they're only. Oh, dri- it hasn't been released yet. They're That's dribbling true. out the episodes. Yeah, I've, I'm up to date. I think I've seen all four episodes. And actually, in the latest episode of the old man, um, the um, woman, the wi- the the the, the divorcee who yeah. um, uh, Jeff Bridges kind of stumbles across and then sort of attaches herself to him. First, he attaches her to him, and then she attaches him to her. I mean, there was a kind of uh, scene in the latest episode in which you realise she's going to be absolutely. In- I thought he might discard her, you know, in the next episode. Yes, well, um, I, I thought she was just an appendage. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's clear, I think, from episode four that she's not an appendage; that she's actually a central part of the story and is going to be with us now for the duration, which I was slightly disappointed by. Um, but uh, oh, well, she's not going to whine about her ex-husband, is she? Every bloody episode that would be uh, tiresome. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so uh, and and then, I mean, if she turns out to be, you know, an agent of the deep state, then that will be more interesting. But if she's just kind of, you know. Uh, if it's if it is just a kind of romantic subplot, which we're going to have to kind of put up with for the remainder of the series, I, I'm slightly disappointed. I just think it, it it's a a regression because you remember in the good old days when the, there was the the 39 steps, one of those. I think how many movies have there been? About four, I think. In one version, Richard Hane gets handcuffed um, to the woman, and the, you, then you've got three days of the Condor. When is it Faye Dunaway? Yeah, has to get uh, has to is 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 forced to spend time with with Robert Redford. Yes, but traditionally the, these they they have been recognised as as the spare woman who is who is forced into this. But you don't have to learn about their 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 hinterland and their their divorce record mm. and stuff like that. 
I think now they seem to think that we we need to care about all the characters, all the female characters. I don't think we do. Yeah, really I mean, you're right film. though. It, it is. It, it seems to be part of the kind of formula, isn't it, of the kind of um, uh, renegade agent on the run from you know state assassins in the course of you know trying to escape and clear his name he he gets mixed up with an innocent woman who he then falls in love with and so there's a kind of romantic but there there does always seem to be a romantic subplot in this genre doesn't there um mm. anyway yeah so uh yeah it's not so bad that it's putting me off the whole thing i'm still enjoying it and i'll watch the rest of the yeah. series uh, but i'm looking i'm looking for something new now um uh, so keep your eyes peeled james okay um, i think that's probably it for me um yeah. uh, but uh, anyway um, uh, good to talk to you and we'll see if Liz Truss what do you think the chances of Liz Truss I know you probably don't care because you think even if she's replaced it won't make any difference but just humour me for a second do you think she'll be still be in, in post by this time next week or do you think she'll have gone uh, I think that whatever's happening is being it, it's the ultimate uh, goal is to have Keir Starmer the next the, 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 after the next general election Keir Starmer will be will be Prime Minister, I think yeah, that's well, the idea. With each passing so, day, we so get it's, it's, it's designed to make the public think, "Oh, these Conservatives, we've given them, we've given them a chance, but all they can do is is they keep, you know, shifting and 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 we, we, we don't know what, whether they're coming or going. Let, let's go for that nice, safe pair of hands, Keir. He, he, what harm could he do? Yeah. And then, it, then it'll, finally, it'll be game over. That, that's my theory, anyway. Yeah. Well, I do think um, as each day passes, he gets closer to becoming our next Prime Minister, and I do think it'll be an absolute disaster and the end of Britain as we know it everything. but anyway yeah the end of everything okay James good to talk to you good alright it's nice All to right. agree on something anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay alright All right. bye this is London Calling Ricochet <laughs> Join the conversation.